continue the conversation on the talking point and we're going to then look at this latest issue with regards to uh, students Bongile Mani who was yesterday sentenced to five years in imprisonment by now you'd remember she's the student from Walter Sisulu University who had about 14 million rand credited into her account from NASFAS of which uh, she spent just over 800,000 rand of and she's now not only been convicted but sentenced uh, to five years for the uh, matter that she was facing before the courts and there was a lot of outrage about the sentence she was given yesterday and you know many people saying that the sentence is way too harsh and uh, that ultimately she did not set out to deliberately try and defraud the state but that money was paid into her account erroneously so and if anybody should be held accountable it is the people that basically were responsible for this fraudulent transaction. I want to bring into this conversation Douglas Ngubeni. Actually, before I do that, um, you know, we now have um, commitments that are being made, lobbying from different quarters of society not just business, but also the legal fraternity. There's groups of lawyers that are coming together to see if there are ways in which they can intervene and help in as far as this sentence, custodial sentence of five years that she's been given. The NPA says uh, she's likely to spend only 10 months imprisonment uh, before she's due for parole so just a sixth of that sentence that uh, she would need to serve but we also have uh, some business people coming forward businessman Malcolm X uh, has placed half a million rand that's 500,000 uh, to Sbongile Mani to help cover the, the money that she spent. He's calling on others to foot the rest of uh, the 300,000 rand bill. And he's saying that, uh, you know, they're willing to pay this money so that at least she doesn't have to go um, to prison for these charges. She doesn't have to uh, serve any jail term for what has happened here. Let me go to Douglas Ngubeni, the national spokesperson of the Congress of South African Students. Douglas, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Uh, on behalf of the Black and White Army, uh, good morning, Katie, and all the listeners of uh, SAFM uh, this beautiful morning on the last day of March 2022. All right, Douglas. You know, it's been such an emotive story and one that uh, has drawn lots of different opinions, reaction. As Cossas, what is your particular view on the sentence that has been handed down to money? Look, Casey, it is really, really worrisome that uh, there are people who wake up with confidence every morning, wear their beautiful suits, uh, go to work just to steal from our people. Uh, we would have seen many cases, instances, uh, people who defrauded ZBS, Busasa beneficiaries, uh, those who appeared in the Zondo Commission, Yomaka's Juice, uh, and uh, this uh, CEO of uh, SA Rugby, who has only, the court has only recommended that he must pay back the 37 million he defrauded from the institution. And, uh, you know, those people do that willingly. And uh, in this case, Bongile Man, a young South African who went through a uniform process of applying uh, for NSFAS. And 
Zbongilemani, uh, who never had an influence uh, over who must pay or how much must be paid to her account. I mean, uh, in this case, 14 million was paid to Zbongilemani's account. And, uh, you know, we are South Africans and we are coming from very poor and marginalized backgrounds. And uh, as soon as we see man, uh, we want to fulfill our dreams. We want to pursue our lavish uh, lifestyle dreams and everything. So we find it very, very unjustified, unfair for the court of law to leave real culprits out there, the person, the official who deposited, knowingly that uh, Tsubongile is not supposed to receive 14 million, but 1,200. And that person is left alone. That person is still wearing a suit, is still going back to the same office on a daily basis. Mm. But there is a, a, a young young person from a marginalized family there in Eastern Cape who is subjected and is a victim of a maladministration. And the people who are behind that, the real countries, are not arrested. They are still there. They are free. Sibongile Mani never pointed a gun on anyone to say, give me 14 million. It happened that someone decided to go to work very drunk. And when they arrived at work, they decided to do what they did. Maybe, you, know, you, you, know, you, know, you know, some officials can be real criminals. They can be thieves. Maybe they thought that uh, if they deposit that 14 million to Sibongile uh, Mani, they will go via back door and start asking for kickbacks. And Sibongile uh, did not buy that story. So it is very, very unfair for our criminal system, for our, for, for our state security agencies to go for the vulnerable and leave the real countries out there, people, criminals, mafias who are in suits, and uh, they arrest Swungile Mani for um, uh, uh, something which she did not do. I mean, uh, she, never, she, never, she, she never went uh, to via any bank door to influence how much must be given to her. Or maybe because she's from Eastern Cape, unfortunately from not from the deep rural uh, uh, villages of Eastern Cape or Limpopo, we'll conclude that uh, maybe after 12, you know, she decided to turn into something else. She went there, she went behind the decks and pressed enter. Sibongile did not do that. But it is the maladministration of both NSFAS and the institution. And then right. now she has Douglas, to be a victim. Yeah, Douglas, I, I think we're getting, I don't want us to get too derailed. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about some of the references that you're making. Um, but at, at the end of the day, Sibongile Mani has never denied that she spent the 800,000 rand. Um, and, you know, obviously the court has now convicted her for having spent that money, knowing that it did, did not belong to her. So what in particular do you have an issue with? Do you have an issue with the fact that she has been found guilty? Do you have an issue with the fact that she has been sentenced or the length of her sentence? Or is the issue that she ha is the only one that has faced recourse for this fraudulent transaction before the courts? We have an issue with the fact that Sibongile money is not the real country. She only spent money which anyone else of us would. Our issue here of is the fact that the real country, the official who spent that money, has not been arrested. Our issue is that state uh, security agencies, 
have not made a thorough investigation to evaluate the real culprit, to check as to why did this person do that, in whose interest was he doing that, and what so not. So our issue here, of course, uh, is based on the fact that Sibongi Lemani is arrested when she is not the real culprit. Okay. On the issue of her not having denied, uh, we all know, I mean, she will not deny because uh, it is all in the records that she spent 800000 And uh, I think, uh, Casey, if uh, SAFF today sends you something, Yana, bigger, Yana, to some extent you will think that it's a bonus and what so not, and uh, you will uh, temper with it and what so not. But the person who has to be held uh, accountable is the person who has sent that money. For an example, in ESCOM, Andre de Ruta has accepted to having sent 5 billion rands to a company mistakenly, and there is no arrest there. So our criminal, our, 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 our justice system is biased, one, but secondly, it is segre segregated. Okay. So it means that we are black people on our own, in our own land, in our own South Africa, in our own criminal institutions. Douglas, so that's fine. It is for this reason that we are saying that. Uh, uh, our our challenge is to have Swungi Lemani being sentenced. All right, Douglas, we're going to have to leave it there. We're out of time. Douglas Ngobeni, he speaks on behalf of COSAS. He's their national spokesperson. We're edging towards the 9.30 news headlines. On the other side of this, we're going to be speaking with Professor Seth Cooper. We'll get his take on this development. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. All right, I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line 0614-104-107. You heard the perspective of COSAS that very much mirrors other views that have been shared uh, about this Spongile money matter. Professor Seth Cooper is the president of the Pan-African Psychology Union. Professor Cooper, there seems to be so many different interpretations of what is happening here, your own reflections on the story and whether or not you do agree with a view that says that uh, Miss Money is effectively a victim of what is an unjust criminal justice system. Well, there are a couple of issues, uh, Kathy. First of all, she's been the recipient of uh, money that she's not entitled to. In our law, that's a crime. So if she has committed a crime, yes, she's a victim because this kind of uh, transactional uh, crime with deposits and then uh, reclaiming the money uh, are legion uh, all over the world and in this country in particular. We have all kinds of such uh, opportunistic crime. Mm -hmm. So people deposit in order that uh, at some point, they can come back to you and get that money back, etc., uh, etc., et and sometimes it's a small amount. In this case, it's a massive amount. So she would have known that this is, there's something wrong. Um, so the, the, there's, there's a few issues. Number one, the person who made the transaction uh, is probably dealt with under employee relations laws instead of fraud and other uh, white-collar crime. Now, that's one of the serious problems 
that we confront in this country. And we know organization after organization. Kathy works in Cooper uh, PTY Limited, and something happens. And uh, and if it's a, if it's a government company, if it's a government entity, then you resign, and the matter is then closed. And it, there's a there's an audit finding that uh, the, the the employee is no more there. So that's used classically in the public sector. In the private sector, if you then in P, uh, Cooper Pty Limited, I will go after you. I will claim your house. I will do all sorts of things with the threat of reporting you for a crime. Mm -hmm. So you will make amends. You will uh, say, I'll make payments for uh, X amount, uh, probably for, the, for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing happens. Now, in this case, um, we must congratulate the NPA for going after a victim of serious crime. We must congratulate them for being very diligent with a foot soldier. But the generals, the people in charge, get off scot-free. Now, that, I think, is the massive distinction. Furthermore, I think uh, justice is... Uh, something that ought to be tempered with the quality of mercy. Mm -hmm. In this case, it is making an example of somebody who clearly is a victim and adds to the clamor that we're seeing on social media and elsewhere about what about so-and-so, what about so-and-so, what about so-and-so. They've got the ability to pay a very expensive counsel to get them off, get them off with a warning, if not a dismissal, because they can show victimhood instead of, I did not steal that money. Yes, I used the money I'm not entitled to, etc., etc. So those are the massive uh, gaps in our legal justice system where people then make the kinds of comparisons that we've heard Douglas, we've, we've uh, uh, heard other callers on your program and other programs raising this kind of issue. So it seems then that justice is not for ordinary men and women. And in this case, somebody who is a young person, mm -hmm. a student, and so there will be that sympathy. Hats off to Malcolm, uh, who has uh, started a fund to l get her to pay back. However, I think there should be conditions put that NASFAS should get its act together because it has been riddled with corruption. Indeed, I think we don't need an institution like NASFAS. The government, uh, the, the higher education department should just transfer the money to the universities. The universities have the systems to... Um, make those payments uh, to the student. But mm. that's, an, uh, that's another issue. When we create institution upon institution upon institution and give sheltered employment to people who then are thieves and rogues, we get this kind of uh, issue emerging where people will take sides. So number one, yes, it is a white-collar crime. Yes, there was 800000 spent. There should be another way to temper this. Give her that sentence, yes, suspend a part of it. 
make her do community service. I am pretty certain that if she were to take this on appeal, I don't even know whether she had uh, legal representation. Yes, she, she is taking it on appeal. Yeah, mm. if she takes it on appeal and all those kinds of issues are raised, I'm pretty certain the, the, the next layer of court will find a different sentence. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the unevenness, you know, and then it leads to the, the obvious question. Our constitution is for them. It's not for us. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who the them is. Then it begins to become uh, people in power. Then it begins to become the rich. Then it begin, begins to become black and white. I think we need a review. And hopefully, uh, uh, well, actually today, Chief Justice Zondo takes over and there will be a mechanism to ensure equity in sentencing because the unevenness of that system is so uh, obvious that people will continue to make these kinds of criticism. Professor Cooper, just very briefly for me, and you know, South Africa, when you look at just our history and the various processes that we have had to go through as a country. Um, But our justice system predominantly takes the view of, uh, you know, leaning more towards restorative justice than um, punitive justice. And I wonder how much of that actually applies um, to this conversation and why we are seeing the kind of responses that we are to the sentence. Well, look, when uh, we we had uh, you know at the at the dawn of our democracy, we had uh, Justice Minister Dalla Omar talking about restorative justice. Unfortunately, um, we still stuck with the heavily punitive uh, system that comes down from and on the one side uh, English law and on the other Roman Dutch uh, pre- uh, law that uh, in impacts how we look at the world. So uh, there isn't a restorative justice system. Yes, in some instances where there is, say, uh, GBV, um, then the persons, the victim, the perpetrator, there's an attempt to uh, have conversations, do some rehabilitation, etc. But uh, for the for the major crimes, you know, and and uh, you, we don't have to look very far. We know there's murder, there's robbery, there's uh, there's uh, serious violence. Those kinds of crimes actually ought to have uh, serious punitive consequences and tempered with some restorative uh, remedial action. Because let me say, uh, as the last point, if Spongila goes into any of the prisons we have Mm. and serves even that one-sixth, she will come out a hardened criminal. Bet your bottom dollar on that, Cathy. Yeah, and and again, that is one of the concerns that has been raised that, you know, this is uh, effectively a young woman who did not have any kind of record and sending her into the criminal justice system in its current state isn't the best thing to do. It was argued in mitigation of sentence, but it doesn't seem to have swayed uh, the judge much. Uh, Professor Seth Cooper, let's leave it there for this morning, president of the Pan-African Psychology Union. Let me go straight to the phone.